it's sort of like, I don't have to have all the answers today. I'm going to figure this out step by step. And that has helped me immensely. Like that has allowed me to just be like, okay, you don't have to figure all this out at once. You're going to figure out what you need to do tomorrow. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fane, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. So I was walking over to the studio here in New York City this morning to do some filming with my sister. So one of the super cool perks of when I do come to record here live in the city and not just in the comfort of my home and my PJs is that I get to go crash at my sister Kelsey's house with her and her husband, Matt, and their dog, Loretta. And so Kelsey gave me a big treat today. She walked over here to the, to the studio with me and we were talking about what it takes to make changes in our career. And so I asked Kelsey, is there any way you would sit in? Because she is such a great example of having the courage to make a change, knowing when it's time, and maybe something's not working in your career and you know that it's time to make an upgrade or try something different. But like, how do you know when it's real? Like, this is the moment where I should mix things up. And Kelsey, she's always been an inspiration to me. I remember when she was a kid right out of college and she just moved to New York City and just decided she was going to make it work. Like she knew she wanted to be a photographer. She wanted to be in the city. We were both raised in this rural kind of farm country in, in Pennsylvania. And she showed up. She like found an ad or something in the newspaper, lived in some stranger's kitchen for like a month. Because they <laughs> no, it wasn't her kitchen. <laughs> it was like the dining room right <laughs> off the kitchen, but it did not have walls. Right. So, <laughs> um, And she's like, I'm just going to make this work. And Kelsey ate a lot of tuna fish. Yeah, uh, a, a lot, lot of, of rice and beans. Yep. Yep. Um, but also, <laughs> you know, at 22, I think you, I, I actually, I had enough wherewithal at that age to know if I didn't do it, then I wouldn't do it. Mm. And I had to make that transition at that time because one, I had nothing to lose. I literally had nothing. And two, I, I was naive. Like I had never spent a night in New York City until the day I moved here. So <laughs> I just didn't know right? <laughs> how I, hard it was going to be. I yeah. think about like the tarot deck. Like if you ever looked at a tarot deck, the first card is the fool. And that was the very first tarot card I ever drew no when I was like making this transition. Okay, well, then yes. there we go, right? <laughs> so, like, it's the fool, and it's not in a negative way. It's this idea that we have to be a little naive in order to start something new. Because if we had any idea what was involved to make it happen, we might not jump in, right? I would have talked myself out of it. The yeah. fear would have consumed me. Right, yes. So there's this, like, we get the impetus, and then, you know, hopefully we make the, the jump. So I'm giving kind of a funny example, a very real example of Kelsey's, like, first major jump, or one of them. But she's reinvented her career a few times. And I just thought this would be like or just a really informal like girl chat. Yeah. I talk about the importance of sisterhood. And part of that is the gift of having two sisters. Right. Literal sisterhood. Literal in our case. sisterhood <laughs> in our case. And I know not everybody has a sister or that our sisterhood is people we choose. Members of our sisterhood now are friends by choice who become family. Right. So I'm really curious, Kels. You made a big career change a few years ago where you went from working for a major photography company to going freelance and working on your own. And I'm curious, like, what was coming up for you before you made the leap? And I asked this question because, like, if I hear one more freaking story of somebody who, like, 
hates their corporate job and then goes and does a bunch of yoga. And then all of a sudden they like love their life and everything is perfect. Like I just, it makes me want to throw up because I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a middle to that story (laughs) that we need to talk about. (laughs) And so I'm curious for you, before you even made the switch, what was coming up that was making you notice? Like now might be a time for me to change things up. Yeah. And I love this topic because I actually love the middle point of the story. Like I wish people talked about that more because that's where it's really interesting. I think it's a lot more juicy (laughs) in the middle. I personally am like a little bit of a glutton for sadness. (laughs) Like I just kind of love like a dark period because of the growth that takes place in that dark period, if you allow it. For me, I was working full time. I knew I always wanted to be a photographer. I wanted my own photography business. That's something that I was always working towards. But, you know, being young and in the city and new to my industry, I I needed to buy my time. I needed to learn a lot of things. (laughs) And I was in this position where I was really well-respected. And I was working with, I mean, the world's top photographers, like people that I studied and idolized. Oh my God, name drop. Like, go ahead, because it is really amazing. I mean, the first week of this job, I was in Annie Leibovitz's studio. You know, like that was huge for me. (laughs) And I say that not to have her name (laughs) drop, but because a lot of women can relate to this idea of like, on paper, my job looks really good. Like on paper, my life looks really good. And yet I'm not fully satisfied. And sometimes then we wonder, well, what's wrong with me? Am I being ungrateful? And I think it's really important to acknowledge that this isn't an issue of gratitude, that sometimes we're just not feeling fulfilled in one place and we just want to mix things up. Yes, I think that's an excellent point. And, And that's exactly what was happening. So here I was in this amazing job. I was traveling all the time. I was working with these amazing people. I was respected, which is really hard when you're coming up in an industry like this. You know, as an assistant, you're usually cast aside. And here I got to walk into these studios and people would offer me a beverage, you know? So, (laughs) and I was young. So like, that was like a big deal. And, and to give that up was hard. So I, it took me a year from deciding I was going to leave my job to actually leaving. And during that period, the way I started to be like, okay, you can't just, this isn't just like, a bubble in the back of your mind anymore. This is like screaming at the forefront was I, I was getting to a place where I really didn't like myself anymore. I was really unhappy. I just felt like, I mean, the Sunday scaries were like, God, like the Sunday scaries, you know? It's like, <laughs> Tell me what this, Kelsey and I have this whole language of things we talk about. What's the Sunday scaries? Yeah, I, mean, I think other people maybe use it also, but the Sunday scaries are Sunday night, you're just filled with dread and this feeling of doom and anxiety. And I don't want to get up Monday and do this all over again. And I still get them sometimes and I have to remind myself, okay, well, you know, you work for yourself and like, if you don't want to start your work till 10 a.m. tomorrow, like that's fine. <laughs> right. um, but it's kind of like lives in me now, you know? But yeah, I just found that I was really snippy. I, I'm i a master at hiding how I feel. So I don't think that many people, like professionally within my work circle, people I don't think would have thought that of me. They wouldn't have thought I was being mean or rude or snippy. But in my personal circle, I think it was probably a little bit more apparent. But I felt it, right? So I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I didn't want to feel like I was constantly faking who I was I felt like I was working so hard and I wanted to do it for my own name. I didn't want to work that hard for somebody else anymore. <laughs> What's that moment of impetus where, okay, so now it's been a year and this has been brewing and you've been thinking about it. And so just shout out to everybody who doesn't have like overnight changes, right? Like right. not everything yes. is all this in is or all overnight. out. Yeah. yeah. So what made you then take an actual physical action step? For me, I felt like, okay, you always said you wanted to you moved to New York City to be a photographer, to work for yourself. You have experience now. So for me, it was like, well, this is just the next step. And if you're going to do it, you have to do it. And 
you know, at that time I wasn't married yet. I, I don't have kids. It was like, this is the time, you know, I, I really could take that risk. I felt like, and I think you can take that risk at really any point in your life, you know, like, well, I don't think that's true. Actually. I don't think you can take it at any point, but I think there's points throughout your whole life that you can take it. <laughs> so that was my window, right? Like at that right. time, like that well, was my window to, to take that. And leave. I think what, what you're saying and tell me if I'm getting this right too, is that we can't wait for it to be totally perfect. Right. Right. Like we might never feel totally ready. Like there might not be a moment where the heavens part and it makes total sense. It's like, oh, wait, this might be as good as it's going to get. Like this might be as good a moment as it's going to get. And I'm going right. to like take the resources I can to, to make this shift. But the kids might be in preschool or you might have other obligations or right. whatever's going on. But you shouldn't feel guilty if it doesn't work in that moment that you want. It doesn't mean it won't work soon. It, and I think that that's okay. I don't, I don't want to give a false impression that everyone should just be going out there and leaping. Like I actually leap, left really strategically because <laughs> yeah. I am somebody that needs a little bit of that stability. And so I sort of created this exit strategy. I got a um, client that had me on retainer. So I knew I'd have at least a little bit of income every month. When I left my job, I left over a three-month period of time. So I worked mm-hmm. full-time for one month and then I worked part-time for two months And I gave myself this transition period out. That worked really well for me. And it worked for the company because they needed time to transition as well. I had been there for five years. That's not necessarily going to work in everybody's situation. But I do think that, I think if you're somebody that's prone to anxiety, a helpful tip might be (laughs) take that moment to find the strategy so that you can leave in a way that's going to work for you and so that you can leave in a way that's going to become sustainable and you're not going to instantly run right back because you're scared and because you're broke. And, oh my you know, gosh. It's like, exa- I had that exact conversation with a new client just this week who also happens to live in a major city. And she's talked about how many times she gets, she doesn't say anything when something's not working and it kind of mounts and it builds and she gets really stressed and really anxious. And then she has the like stomp out the door moment where she quits her job in grand splendor, right. um, tells everybody to go screw themselves. Yes. And then she burns <laughs> the bridges and then she's like, and then shoot, here I am desperately needing to take another job. And then I'm having to take whatever job becomes available right. and it might not be a great so job. So it becomes a lateral move. Exactly. Of, yes. And so yeah. I love what you're speaking to. And I think that this is a more feminine way of doing things, that it's not like all in or all out. It's like, let me be thoughtful about what would make this transition possible here. Right. And it's interesting that we're talking about it in this way right now, because what I find myself doing a lot just within this past year is when I start to feel really anxious or overwhelmed, I start to think, okay, well, what do you need to make this work? What would you need for this to work? And then I focused on putting those things into place. Yes. And then it's like, okay, this is doable now. I know what I need, right? When I adopted a dog, I was like, okay, how are we going to make this work? Okay, well, we need a good dog walker. We need to have a couple people that'd be willing to take her for the weekend, you know, and we kind of got those things in place. And now it's like, it's been a great year with this dog. (laughs) Yes. Well, I think you're speaking to something so important. I'm so glad you brought this up because I think a lot of people start something new like, let's go with like a diet, for example. It's January, New Year's resolution. I'm going to go on this mm-hmm. diet. They go like carb-free, whole 30 keto, like whatever, all at the same time. Two weeks in, it's just like totally unsustainable. And then we beat ourselves up for like, what, what's wrong with me that I couldn't make this thing work? And I don't think we often pause and consider, well, what do I need in order to make right. this dream or goal work, right? Like what's going to be the roots to my rising? Like what foundational thing do I need in order to make this happen? Yes. I love what you're saying. And I love that we're having this conversation in this way, because there's so much out there, like follow your dreams, take the leap. You'll never know until you get there. And it's like, I'm all for that, but 
it's also not realistic. And a lot of us are overthinkers and we are people that want to plan and you can do both. Like you, I actually think it's better (laughs) to have a plan. Like that's okay. And yes, a lot of it is also taking a leap of faith. Like that is part of it. You also have to say, I'm scared and I'm going to do this anyway. Like that is part of it. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, all of it. Exactly. And some really interesting research out about the attributes of people who are entrepreneurial in their mindset. And when I say entrepreneurial, I don't mean literally being an entrepreneur necessarily, but entrepreneurs have what the Greeks called precursive faith. And precursive faith is this weird hunch that we have that things will work out even though we don't know how. And so it does. It takes a little bit of precursive faith, but why not be fully resourced before you make the move when it's possible? Because there will be times when the building's burning down and we got to make a leap through the window and it's going to be a little unpredictable and you might break a leg and that's just the way it is. You got to get out. There are real circumstances like that. But I think that we have a lot of sense of false urgency too. Like everything is not a crisis. It's not working. So let's hatch a plan. Right. <laughs> yes. And and I think that's a lot of taking these leaps of faith is, is being able to also be flexible within that. So it's sort of like, okay, well, when one thing doesn't quite go as you thought, how do we revisit this? How do we re- revise it? Like, how do we make this work? Or what do we change so that we can continue to work in this way? And I think too, like part of what we also haven't really spoke about yet is that Yes, I had this plan in place. And yes, I transitioned out of this job. And I think like the most graceful way, like in hindsight, but I still came home the the last day of that job and got in my bed and hid under my covers and cried, (laughs) you know, and it was definitely this moment of like, oh my God, what have I just done? And then the next day I woke up and I was over it, like Mm -hmm. really. And I haven't looked back, but I don't want to sugarcoat either. Like I, it was hard, (laughs) you know, and I, I cry a lot working for myself. (laughs) That is part of working for yourself. You're just going to cry and that's okay. (laughs) Amen on that one. Like, so here's what I'm noticing is that people who live lives that they want, who are consciously creating either career they want or relationships they want, they're able to sustain it when they give themselves permission to feel all the feels. And when we're suppressing any one emotion, it starts to come up in some weird way. And for a lot of women, and certainly historically for myself, and I have to keep an eye on it still, it'll come out in overworking. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I have one client who's a great example. She is a, um, an airplane engineer. She's an absolute genius. She's been doing this for a couple decades now. When she's feeling underappreciated at work, she notices that she'll stay there till like eight o'clock because it makes her feel so anxious that she stays longer. And she's like, Carly, I'm realizing I have this ridiculous habit of like, when I'm feeling stressed out at work, I stay there longer, which means I get home later and then I'm more tired. And then the whole cycle rinses and repeats. And I think there's all these different ways that if we don't give ourselves permission to sit with our emotions, that we're going to compensate for them. And I think part of it is like overworking is a publicly accepted way of suppressing something we don't want to feel. Right. And so Netflix binges and, you know, sex, drugs, food, credit card shopping, like all of it. Like there's these things that show up for us, not because there's something wrong with us, but because there's something that's really hard to feel. Right. And so, yeah, cry. Like I cry all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I don't like, I don't understand people who don't, but. (laughs) Well, and here's, and here's, I think what's really important about one of the things that's important about what Kelsey's saying is when we shifted careers, right? When we made a change, whether you're working for yourself or for someone else, it's not less work. It just hopefully becomes more inspired work. It is more work times a hundred, but <laughs> it's work that you're, the gratification is times a hundred too. Like you're getting yeah. so much more back. Like it's right. more fulfilling. Like I remember, 
a few months after I left that job and I would see people and they'd be like, oh my God, you look so good. And they're like, are you doing something? Like, what are you doing different? I don't know. Like they would just be like, your skin is glowing. Like what is going on? And I'm like, I think I'm just happy. And like, it, it was true. Like I, I was just happy for the first time in what felt like a long time. And that just like changed my vision. I mean, I guess that's like the anti-aging serum, like find happiness. Joy helps, yes. right? Like joy is legitimate, is yeah. a legitimate glow. So, you know, people, if you haven't heard our fourth podcast on the four stages of growth, oh my gosh, go listen to that podcast because that's where we talk about these different these different um, areas and the fertile void, that right. moment of like just kind of wanting to crawl under the covers and needing to process yeah. and figuring out, you know, what the next step is. So, Kels, here's what I'm curious about. If What do you now know to be true that you didn't know then when you, need, made, when you made the decision to actively make this change? What do you now know to be true? That's an easy one for me. What I know now is that it doesn't all have to get done at once. <laughs> and for me, that's been huge. When I feel, again, when I feel that sense of overwhelm or, or kind of going back to the discussion you and I had earlier today about imposter syndrome. So when I start to feel like, Oh my God, I, how am I going to get booked for this job? How am I, I'm not going to know, know how to do that. I'm not going to know who to hire for this or who to put in place for that. And what I realized is that as I grow in my career, those things fall into place. So it's sort of like, I don't have to have all the answers today. I'm going to figure this out step by step. And that has helped me immensely. Like that has allowed me to just be like, okay, you don't have to figure all this out at once. You're going to figure out what you need to do tomorrow. And <laughs> I can hear the red. That's Loretta yeah. Kelsey's dog is here in the she studio. She has a lot of opinions. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So it's just sort of that's something that I did learn early on in that transition, and has helped me continue to grow the past almost five right. years now. But yeah, that would be the number one thing. You don't have to figure it all out at once. You know, my assistant Ellen was telling me her brother does like proper forget what it's called, but it's like mountain climbing, right? Where you're having to clip into mm -hmm. different places in the mountain and sometimes hiking really high peaks that are kind of dangerous. And he talks about the quickest way for somebody to get injured is to be looking at the summit. Like you wow. can't look at the top of the mountain or else you might lose your footing. It's like, what is the next place that I'm going to click into? Right. What is the next, the next step? And that imposter syndrome that you're talking about that like, who am I to be doing this? I don't know about you. I'm curious your take on this, Kelsey, but I swear to God, it's the other half of a good idea. Like, I don't even think it's separate. It's like every time I have an idea that feels true within moments, I'm starting to hear those questions of who are you to be doing this? Yes. How dare you? What if you mess it up? Are you a fraud? Yes. I think highly driven people who care about what they're doing never feel like they're doing well enough. <laughs> and we talked about this last night. Too. You and I talk about this a lot, apparently. Yeah. But we never. I never feel like my work is good enough. I never feel like I'm doing enough. And that's just something where I've also had to be like, okay, so you're not good enough. Who cares? Do it anyways. Like, <laughs> right. you need to eat. Like, it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of people that aren't good at what they do who are doing very well. So I would just say, like, I think that that's something where sometimes you just have to check yourself and just say, like, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Who cares? Right. Exactly. You know, I yeah. was we were mentioning this article. Beyonce was talking about publicly that she still gets imposter syndrome. Like, she's still worried that someone's going to listen to a track and say, how did you ever get recognized for singing? Like, she still doesn't realize how, what a good singer she is. And I love that she's a leader in her field, talks about that so openly. Like, if Beyonce is having imposter syndrome, I'm like, great. We just have a little bit more in common with Beyonce. Like, yeah. Excellent. There you go. <laughs> excellent. There you go. Um, and so I so so appreciate you being here today, Kelsey, because I think this is the kind of 
the feels and the decisions and the wonders and the doubts that a lot of women relate to that we don't necessarily get to talk with publicly all the time. And it's kind of the crux between what allows us to to make a decision, right. you know, on our on our behalf. Well, my therapist has told me that I'm not allowed should is no longer allowed to be in my vocabulary. <laughs> and I think sometimes we don't take these next steps or these leaps because we feel like, well, I shouldn't be doing this, yeah. right? Like, I don't really have what it takes. I shouldn't be doing this. Who am I to do that? And it's also like, again, it goes back to that, but who cares if you should or shouldn't? Just do it if you want to do it. <laughs> right. The question <laughs> is not- like we put too much, we put way too much power in that. Like, should I do this? And it doesn't matter. Do you want to do it? Then do it. Exactly. I have a client who says, I'm shitting all over myself. Like, I'm yes. going to stop. Like, I'm going to stop shitting all over myself. So if you want to see what Kelsey's up to now, you got to go over to KelseyFainPhoto.com. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. She just had, I'm going to do a sister brag because, sorry, she's, you know, in her 30s. <laughs> I'll but take she, it. <laughs> she'll be forever my, my little sis. Some of her photography has just been painted as a mural over in Venice Beach, which I think we yeah. should hop a flight and go over there and take it a photo. So cool. so um, cool. Like, so her work is, it's really being recognized. And I think, it's so important to show that even as we continue to grow, there's still things we're always wanting to ascend into. There's still questions we're asking ourselves. Yeah. So thank you for being for Thank being you for here. having me. I'm always happy to talk about myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I also like, I just think it's, I love these types of discussions and encouraging other people to have them within their circles and right. um, to have them with us yeah. and for you and I to continue to have them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, here's what I want to know from you. First of all, take a snapshot and share it on your social media so more women can hear about what goes on behind the scenes of making a decision. But also, I want to know, how do you know when it's time to make a change? Because we're all different. Like, does it show up in a physical way in your body? Is it like the anxiety Kelsey was mentioning? How do you know when it's time to make a shift. I'm really curious to hear about your inner guidance system and what that looks like. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else. <laughs>